0: and streaming at KojoShow.org.
1: Support for WAMU comes from Commonwealth Academy in Alexandria. Embracing students grades 3 to 12 who have ADHD, executive functioning challenges, and mild learning differences. Open house January 27th. CAEmpowers.org.
2: Cicely Tyson, in describing her forgiving spirit, said you don't keep riding a rough truck over a sensitive soul. Words to live by. Hey, that's it. That's all for me. I'm Jeffrey James, and this is WAMU Washington. NHD at eight five, and at WRAU 88.3 Ocean City at 7 o'clock. It's Sunday, it's 7, and it's such a pleasure to welcome you to the big broadcast, Radio Theater from WAMU 88.5. Hi, everybody. I'm Murray Horwitz. And tonight, we're celebrating the centennial of a star of radio, television, and the movies, the Oscar-winning and Emmy-nominated actor Donna Reed. We'll hear her equally at home in comedy on Screen Guild Theater, paired with the man who'd be her co-Oscar winner a decade later, Frank Sinatra, and in a Down East drama on the Lux Radio Theater with Dana Andrews. Also on tap tonight, The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, Gunsmoke, The Halls of Ivy, Dragnet, and The Strange Doctor Weird. It's going to be a real workout for your imagination, so put away the cares and concerns of last week. It's over. And don't give a thought to what may happen beginning tomorrow. Instead, relax and open your ears here on your Sunday Night Oasis, The Big Broadcast. The end of the golden age of radio is generally pegged to the demise of the last three series on CBS, Gunsmoke, Suspense, and Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, in 1961 and 62. So it's not surprising, I guess, that the man with the action-packed expense account made a reference to Gunsmoke's Matt Dillon on May 8, 1960, when this episode, The Phony Phone Matter, aired as part of the series, Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar.
3: Art Engels, International Life and Casualty. How you doing, Art? Hey, listen, Johnny, are you free to take something on for us? Arthur, my boy, as long as a nice, big, wealthy company like yours just can't wait to pay my expense account. Ah, uh, Johnny. Plus a sizable fee for my superlative services. Okay, what's it all about? Murder, fraud, arson? No. Okay, then what? I don't know. Oh, you want me, but you don't know what for. That's right, yeah. Oh, that's a switch. Actually, Johnny, it's one of our very important clients, won't you? Art, that's not a switch. He has demanded that you and only you be sent over to see him. But he hasn't told you why. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, the last time I took on one of those I-don't-know-why matters, I got slugged, shot at, and thrown off a bridge. Well, uh, Johnny... Well, okay, Art. I'll run on over and see (laughs)
4: you.
3: for the International Life and Casualty Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut, office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the phony phone matter. I don't really go for these vague assignments, but international has always paid off pretty well. So expense account item one, a dollar and a quarter for a taxi over to the office of Art Engels. He was waiting outside the building for me in his car. We took off and headed back across town again. Where to, Arthur? Mr. Wendell's office is in the Clay Building. Wendell? J. Ransom Wendell, the important client I told you about, who wants to see you right away. But who hasn't told you why he wants to see me? He hasn't told me. How important, Arthur? Well, he owns and runs the Crown Lithograph operation. Never heard of it. When he inherited that plant, it must have been, oh, 40 years ago. It was just a small outfit, not worth more than four or five hundred thousand. Oh, you call that small? And now it's worth millions. Then Wendell is loaded. He certainly is, John. And that means he carries a lot of insurance. One of our biggest accounts. Life insurance on himself? How much? Half a million. Wow. Insurance on his wife, for the same figure. Policies on his home, his cars, plant, personnel. Well, I make no bones about it. Even if his calling for you is only to satisfy some sort of a whim, we can't afford to turn him down. Some sort of a whim?
4: Yeah,
3: you mean it could be? Yeah, Johnny, he's so used to having his own way, you know, because of all his money. Oh, wait now, hold everything. Yeah, J R. Wendell, Alimony Wendell, that is our boy. Married five, six, seven times, add one, and always to some delectable dish she picked out of the chorus line of a nightclub on some Broadway show. That's the one, Johnny. Marries him, finds out all they want is his money, pays him off then goes ahead and does the same thing all over again. Oh, brother. But according to the newspaper stories a couple of years ago, he swore he was through with those gold diggers, that he'd never again pay off another one of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So what happens? What happens? Nine, ten months ago, he puts a ring on that dancer, Lavon Laverne. Yikes. Whereupon she promptly puts a ring in his nose and starts making the usual debt in his bank account. Oh, now, you don't think his wanting to see me has anything to do with his trouble with this Le Laverne? Ah, oh, now, Art, well, I, I will soon find out, Johnny. Because this is his office building. Wendell's office was huge. The walls were paneled in rich mahogany, hung with fine oil paintings.
5: Wall-to-wall carpeting
3: so thick you sank into it almost up to your ankles. Fine antique furniture, including his tremendous desk. And the man himself really fooled me. He must have been, oh, about 60... But instead of a snide, leering old wolf, he was tall, straight as a ramrod, with clear, frank blue eyes. Yeah, the smart alert kind of man you'd expect to head up a multi-million dollar operation. The kind you wouldn't expect to have fallen for a whole line of cheap chorus girls. But then, of course, you never can tell. Yes, Mr. Engels, Mr. Dollar, it's my wife, Levon, that I'm concerned about. But since it has nothing whatsoever to do with her insurance at the moment... Well, now, Mr. Wang Engels, I'm much obliged to you for bringing Dollar to me. If I need you further, I'll let you know. Well, if I can be of any help in this No, manner. no, no. Dollar and I can handle this alone, so you just run along. Okay. Whatever you say. I'll be in touch. Yes, so I are. All right, Johnny, uh, you let me know just... Goodbye. A- All right, Dollar. Well, now, look, if, if there's no insurance involved... Oh, there isn't. I hope there won't be. I'm quite sure there won't be. Nonetheless... You say this concerns your wife, Yes. Yes, it does. Well, far be it from me, Mr. Wendell, but uh, I had a notion you were through with marrying all these uh, pretty young girls. I made some bad mistakes, Dollar. Seven of them, to be exact. Cost me a lot of money, a lot of heartache. Took a lot out of me. Well, let's face it, I pretty much made an old fool of myself. Instead of paying off those girls, those leeches to get free of them, I should have... I at least profited by the mistakes I made. What do you mean, sir? I mean, Levan, young, beautiful. Maybe she is no mental giant, but she's made me a good, a loving, a devoted wife. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Mr. Wendell. Well, now, what's the problem? Fear. Fear. Yes, Levan's. But fear of what, sir? Fear, Mr. Dollar, of being murdered. <laughs> And now, the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, wait, Mr. Wendell. Your wife, LaVon, she's been threatened with murder. Threatened? No. I'm afraid I don't understand. But, Dollar, she's fearful that someone is going to kill her. It's been going on for several weeks now. Why? I don't know. All I know is that she's become terribly upset over this idea, this this fear... I called on you to see if you can determine for me if there are grounds for all this apprehension. What if she hasn't received any direct threats? She hasn't, at least none that I know of. Well, she says that she hasn't. Well, no, 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 no. Something Look, has I... got into her, in, gotten her into this unfortunate state of mind. I, I don't know what it is, but I hope you can find out for me. Hey, you sure you shouldn't have called in a psychiatrist? Have one of those stupid money grubbing head shrinkers ask her a lot of silly questions. Oh no, no, wait! Some of them are pretty good. Can do a lot of good in a situation no, like no this. No, no, Because I, I know LaVon. I know what her reaction would be. She's nervous and upset enough about these fears as it is. But you posing as an old friend, as our guest there at the lodge. Your lodge, Mister Wendell? Yes, over on the Peekabuck River above Farmington. It's a little place. We keep as a sort of retreat, a place to get away from it all. I see. When I left the house here in town a few minutes ago, I told LaVon we'd meet her there for lunch and start the weekend a little early. We, oui, huh? I told her you're an old friend. You've come east for a bit of a vacation. Oh, from where? Los Angeles, Hollywood. Ah. You are familiar with the West Coast, I hope. Oh, uh, enough to talk about it and tell us. Good. Good. Well, then why don't we leave right away? Um, Mr. Wendell... We'll stop at your apartment so you can pick up some clothes, then we'll head on up to the lounge. Uh... Excuse me. But now look here, sir, I'm... Mr. Wendell. Miss Barker, have my car brought around, please. Yes, sir. I'll be gone until Monday.
6: Have a pleasant weekend, Mr. Wendell. Thank
3: you. Well, (laughs) Well, I still don't quite understand what you expect me to do up there at your lodge. Dollar, I have known about you for years. I have great respect for your talents. Not only as a crime investigator, but because of your ability to deal with people. Get very close to them. Ah... People like your charming and beautiful wife, Mr. Wendell? Oh, no, I'm very serious, Dollar. You have a knack of inspiring confidence, of getting things out of people that... Well, you see, I follow the reports of your cases on the radio very closely. Yeah, well, I'm uh, convinced that you can be of more help than any psychiatrist could possibly. And uh, also, and let's be frank about this. Yes? That is, if your wife's fears are justified. Well? You also think I might be handy to have around as a bodyguard? Right? Yes, Dollar, that's right. We drove over to my place and I packed a couple of bags. I also picked up the old faithful thirty-eight caliber limit squeezer. We drove east on Route 4 to Farmington and then north along the western side of the Peekabuck River and finally east again on a private road. Meantime, as we drove along, I questioned Mister Wendell further. No, Dollar, I can think of no one who might want to harm her, of whom she ought to be worried or afraid. Well, there must be some basis for this fear of hers. Of course, before I met Levon and married her, when she was dancing in nightclubs, and I'm afraid not always the better ones. Well, a lot of those joints are run by racketeers. Yes, her contacts in those days were not always with the best of people. Ah, something to work on, isn't it?
5: Ah, <sighs> oh, but now here we are. You like my little place?
3: Oh. Do you call this little? We like it because it doesn't require any servants, and we can... Now, hey, what's the matter? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Only it's well afternoon, and I don't see Levine's car anywhere. Well, maybe she's been here and left to do some shopping or something. Come along, Dollar, Let's go in and see. Well, I suppose ten rooms is rather small to a man like Mr. Wendell. But I didn't have much chance to look around because of his concern over his wife. He went through the motions of pouring a couple of drinks. I I just don't understand this, Dollar. It's almost one o'clock. She's always on time. Will you excuse me? I'm going to see if something's held up at home. Oh, LeVon. I'm just silly, I suppose. But I'm here at the lodge with Mr. Dollar. and I was beginning to get worried about you. Why, you weren't here when we... Visitor? Anybody I know? Bunny, you sound worried about something. What is it, dear? Bunny? Bunny? Hello? 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 What's wrong, Mr. Bunny, Bunny that sound I heard, what was it? Hello? Hello? Bunny, Bunny, what is it? What? What? All right, now, Mr. wonder what happened? I don't know, Mr. Dollar. She... Gave a strange kind of. A, yeah. A kind of a, a gas. Yeah. I believe she dropped the telephone. There was a thump, a heavy thump. Okay.
7: Oh. Operator.
3: Operator, give me police headquarters in Hartford. Make it homicide. Now, back to yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And the phony phone matter. By the time we got back to Wendell's home in Hartford, the police were there. Lieutenant Billy Walker in charge. The body of LeVon Wendell lay sprawled on the floor next to a sofa. The telephone had fallen to the floor beside her. One of Walker's men was dusting it for prints. Another, obviously the medic, had removed a rather gruesome-looking knife from the middle of her back. Wendell had slumped into a chair, and he sat there staring as though he couldn't quite believe it. His face was white, and he kept clenching and unclenching his hands with such force I was sure his palms were bleeding. The only sound he made was an occasional half-smothered sob. Must have killed her instantly, Dollar. Doc here says the knife went clear through into her heart. Yeah. Think you can trace that knife, Lieutenant? Oh, I don't have to. It came from that collection up there over the fireplace. Johnny, that could indicate it was done by somebody she knew that she let in here. You mean somebody who came unprepared to kill her? Right. No, the back door was left jar, by the way. Any servants in this place? <laughs> we're way ahead of you. What?
8: Well, to begin with, they're an old, old couple. Neither one of them could have had the strength to do this. Oh, well, are they? They were given the weekend off. How do you know that? One of the boys who knows him saw him at the station early this morning. Oh. Said they were heading down to New York to see some relatives.
3: Yes, yes, we... We let them go, Lieutenant, because we planned to be up in the country for the weekend.
8: Okay, Mr. Wendell. If
3: only we hadn't. If Only there'd been someone here when... When he... But whoever
9: did this. Easy now. A visitor, she said. She told me over the phone Yeah, a visitor.
4: Yeah, he I yeah, i be heard able you to tell me who it
3: was before. Dollar, Dollar, you've got to find him. You've got to find this killer. Don't worry, Mr. Wendell. We'll do everything Spare we can. Spare no expense. I'll do anything. I'll give you anything you want, but you must find him. Yeah, your attorney, Mr. Dollar, Wendell. Dollar, I don't care what it costs, or so what you have to do. My attorney? He'll have to be notified of this immediately. Who is he? Oh, uh, Spider. Hello, Old will I'll take care of it as soon as I can pull myself together. I'll now, see. look, you can't be of any help at the moment, so why don't you just sit down and uh, better still pour yourself a drink. A drink? Yeah, do you good. Go ahead. Yes, perhaps you're right. Perhaps I'm... Um, gonna... Lieutenant. Oh, wait a second, Johnny.
8: You're sure of that, Mac? Okay, I'll take your word for it. Sure of what? Johnny, the only prints on that phone are hers. You'd think in a
3: household like this... Unless somebody wiped him off just in case. Of course, Lieutenant. Look, I'll see you later. What? I borrowed Mr. Wendell's car without bothering to ask him for it. I drove to the office of lawyer Spadell all on a big fat hunch. And I thought he might be able to help me with a better understanding of the whole Wendell setup. You know something? I don't think he'll ever know how much he did help me.
8: Well, as long as you were there with him at the lodge and heard the phone conversation with her... Why, uh, yes. Of course, it's too bad, LeVon, going like this. But, Dollar, I can't say I'm at all surprised. And, by the way of being cold-blooded about it, well, it saves Wendell the trouble and expense of another divorce, more alimony. I, uh, yeah. Dollar, he is one of the most clever, the most ruthless businessmen I've ever known. Yet these girls, one after another, have been able to take him for so much. And you don't think this one would have lasted? I'm certain of it. But I thought he and LeVon
3: were getting along pretty well.
8: Oh, I suppose he
3: may have thought so.
8: I don't see why, though. Oh, what do you mean? Some of the others were pretty expensive while he was married to them. They all were afterward, but none of them compared with LeVon. Did you ever see one of her lavish nightclub parties? Uh, no. Why, the other night, last Tuesday, I just happened to be in the purple cat over in... Now, mind you, I'm not a nightclub, I yeah. <laughs> Mr. Spidell. Hmm? I yes? think I'd better be going. Oh? But I thought perhaps I could be of help to you. Oh, yeah, well, you've been plenty of help. After all, I know the names of many of the gangsters with whom this girl was formerly associated. Oh, I'm sure you do. Any one of them might be a possible suspect. More so than Mr. Wendell himself. Wendell himself? Think that over. But you were with him there at the lodge. You heard him talking to her on the phone when it happened. That's so? Of course. You yourself are his perfect alibi. Am I?
3: Yeah. That telephone conversation... So item two on the expense account is ten cents for a phone call to my favorite gal friend, Betty Lewis. As I expected, she was willing to go along with a little stunt I had in mind that might blow this whole murder case wide open. By the time I got back to Wendell's home, the police and his wife's body were gone. And he calmed down all right. There were several empty glasses at his elbow. You were right, Dollar. I've pulled myself together enough to realize that what's happened is, has happened. Oh, I forgot to call my attorney, as you suggested. I'll do it right away. No, no, no. Uh, wait, I, I, I want to talk to you. Yes? Uh, besides, uh, I'm expecting a call myself on that phone. Oh, you've you made some progress? Yeah, um, quite a bit, I think. Well, good. Uh, I understand that as a businessman, you're pretty ruthless. Perhaps. But sometimes that quality is quite necessary in business. Oh, and the competition gets pretty rough, huh? That's right. Well, what if the competition's a bunch of girls? Uh, the girls you keep getting married to? What? It seems to me you said that if you had any sense instead of paying off these gals of yours, you should have... You should have what, Mr. Wendell? Got them out of your way by murdering them? What are you talking about, Dollar? Oh, poor, nervous, LeVon, all upset. Didn't keep her away from the nightlife, though, did it? And you knew it. Doesn't sound nervous, upset to me. What? And what you know you? that phone conversation there at your lodge was pretty smart. Will you please start making sense, oh, Dollar? I, I was pretty dumb. I should have realized you couldn't have dialed this number from up here. Uh,
4: uh, just
8: a minute.
3: Sorry, I want to get this call. Dollar! Hello,
4: Hi, hon.
10: This is
3: Betty. Yeah, this is Johnny Dollar. Oh, then it is sweet. Now, do I got to
10: hang up and leave you with
3: an empty
10: line the way you said
3: I should? Yes. Oh, gee. Yes. Okay. Bye, sweet. Yes, I'm alone here. What? I'll give you 500 if your info is accurate. What is it, Mr. Dollar? No, no, 500 is the limit. Unless you're willing to appear and testify in court. Okay, then it's a thousand. Come on over here and I'll give it to you. If you can give me enough facts right now to prove you were here. What goes on there, Dollar? Well, you actually saw him, huh? Uh, through which window? Yeah, side of the room? Yeah, I can see it from here. Who are you talking and to? And you actually saw him take the knife from his collection over there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then he what? The back door? I got it. His own car, huh? Well, sure, to his office in time to meet me there. Hang up that phone, Dollar. Uh, Excuse me, I've... uh... Hang it up. Yeah, sure. So somebody saw me. Somebody saw me, killer. But when that informer comes here to collect the money you promised... Mr. Wendell... Dollar, he's going to get exactly what you're going to get. A bullet in the head. You see this gun? All right. Now, Mr. Wendell, my name isn't Matt Dillon. What? But if you think you can outdraw me... Wow. Well, I hope Wendell never finds out that my phone conversation with a mythical informer was just as phony as his. His uh, talk with his wife after he killed her. I left her there at the telephone in his home. Had set me up for an alibi at the lodge. But then what's the difference where he's going? Expense account total? A dollar thirty-five. Oh, let's talk about the fee on this one. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. here is our star to tell you about next week's program. Next week, one of my ever-loving gals comes into the case. And believe me, things get complicated. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Harry Bartell, Marvin Miller, Dick Crenna, and Lou Merrill. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs) This is
8: John Wall speaking. Johnny Dollar has come to you through the worldwide facilities of
3: the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.
2: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. The episode called The Phony Phone Matter from the spring of 1960 and from the big broadcast on WAMU 88.5. I'm Murray Horwitz. I don't know why I'm such a sucker for the odd little program called The Strange Doctor Weird. Maybe it's because it could have just as easily been called the Weird Doctor Strange. In any case, this 15-minute macabre series, a spin-off in some ways of The Mysterious Traveler and a rip-off in others of Inner Sanctum Mysteries, well, it captivates me, partly because it had to cram a lot into just a few minutes. It tends to be generally more gruesome than those other shows. See what you think of it. We're going to hear an episode that we're pretty sure is from January 9th, 1945. It's called Murder Ship, and it comes from the Mutual Network and the Strange Doctor Weird.
5: The Strange Doctor Weird.
10: Good evening. Come in, won't you? Why, what's the matter? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps the cemetery outside this house has upset you. But there are things far worse than cemeteries. For instance, a ship at sea. A ship doomed by fate. As in the story I want to tell you tonight. A story I call murder ship. My story begins aboard a coastwise liner, the S.S. Arctic Star, as it slowly gropes its way through a thick, all-enveloping gray fog. On one of the decks of the liner, a man and a woman stand by the railing. Now, look, Millie, you don't want to go ashore broke, do you? But,
6: Larry, I'm
11: afraid. I tell you, I saw this guy have its bankroll. He's carrying at least 20,000 in cash. But
6: Larry, it's too dangerous.
11: There's nothing to it. The two of us go to his stateroom. You hold his attention, and I let him have it with a knife. When we dock two hours from now, you and me just walk off the ship with the other five hundred passengers. But... We'll be on a train in New York with twenty G's in our pockets before they even discover the body.
6: Larry, I have a feeling that we'll be caught. Please give it up.
11: All right. If that's the way I want it. Then you and I are through.
6: You don't mean that, do you?
11: I do, unless you pull this job with me.
6: All right, Larry. I'll do whatever you say.
10: Abbott stayed normally. Don't forget what you're supposed to do. I
6: won't.
10: Hello, Mr. Rabbit. May we come in? Why, yes, of course, Mr.
5: Sanders. How are you, Mrs. Sanders?
6: Quite well, thank you. Larry and I would like you to have a drink with us before we dark.
5: Why, I'd like to very much, but I haven't oh, much... Surely
6: to... you can spare a few minutes.
5: Well, if you put it that way, I guess... Get...
6: What uh, are you stabbing me?
11: Is he dead? He... Yeah. Oh. Well, where's that bankroll
10: over here? It... Ah, here it is. Look at the size
11: of it. Let's see. Larry, let's get out of here. Nine. Ten. Twelve. Fourteen. Sixteen. Oh, Larry, please. Eighteen. Twenty. Twenty-one. A little Twenty-one thousand. Well, Millie, was it worth the risk?
6: Oh, yes, yes. Only let's get out of here. I have a feeling of something. <laughs>
11: Mary, what's happened? It oh, felt like a collision with another ship. Come on, let's get up on deck. Mary, what's wrong? Oh, it will be able to open this door. But it's the only way out of here. It's jammed. Maybe I can break it down. Oh, you're too solid. If
6: we don't get out of here, we'll go down with the ship. We're down.
11: Maybe if we all someone will hear us and break the door down with a Yes! That. Help! Help!
6: Help! Help!
11: We're in State Room D7. The door's stuck. Help!
6: Oh, Mary, no use. There's no use. The mess behind the drum. No, don't say that, Millie. Help, help.
11: Oh, Mary, look.
6: The floor in the stateroom beginning to they She's sinking. No, not your imagination. Oh, look. Water's coming in under the door. Oh, we're sinking, Millie. We're sinking. Help! 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 help, help,
5: help Help, help. Dr. Weir's mystery will be continued shortly. Say, by the way, Doctor,
10: is mystery your sole pleasure, the young man? What could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. That music. music? Why, of course. Have you
5: ever heard my clanking of chains? Uh, doctor, I'm afraid you've got me wrong. I mean the kind of music men hum or whistle when they feel on top of the world. And gentlemen, one of the many things that give you that tip-top feeling is the pleasure of being well-dressed. Perfect taste is a criterion, and in hats, there's nothing smarter than an atom. From stem to stern, your Adam hat gives off that look of quality. You see quality in the carefully molded shape and in the richness of the genuine all fur felt and in the subtle color shade. Next time you pass an Adam hat store or authorized dealer, stop in and try on an Adam. Once you see and wear an Adam hat, you'll agree that today, as before, Adam is one of America's outstanding hat values. Now,
10: the, uh, good Dr. Weir. And now I'll finish my story, Murder Ship. It's a half hour since the SSR-6 tower was rammed and started sinking. Trapped in the stateroom of the late Mr. Abbott, Larry and Millie find themselves waist-deep in water. Larry, fear in his eyes, stands by the porthole, looking out at the water which threatens any moment to burst through and claim their lives. In the eerie semi-darkness of the stateroom, Millie stopped his death. Oh,
6: it's the youth. We're going to die. I know we are. Don't say that. Look,
11: the water stopped rising. The must close close the ventilator grating. room's airtight tight now, and the pressure of the air is holding the water. What back.
6: difference does it make we can't get out?
11: They may send divers down to rescue Like they say, men trapped in sunken submarines. Yes,
6: but no one knows we're in here. There's always a chance. Of... Sorry, what's happened?
11: I like think we said bottom... Oh. The ship doesn't seem to be moving anymore. The
6: floor of the stateroom, it's still sliding downwards. It's
11: because the bow of the ship on the bottom while the stern's above it. Oh, what's
6: keeping the stern up? It's the air pockets in the
11: stern, just like in the stateroom. Oh, room. I know we're going to die trapped down here hundreds of feet below the surface. Billy, what's
6: the same thing? There's always a chance to rescue. No, we're going to die here. I know it. How long have we been
11: trapped
6: in here, Larry? About five hours. I'll be glad when it's over. We're there. Clamping. Billy, what is it? I thought I saw something go past the porthole.
11: Yeah, porthole? Let me see. <coughs> Billy, there's a diver out there.
6: Does
11: he see you? No. I only had a flashlight or something to signal him with. Your
6: cigarette lighter. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, hurry, Larry,
11: hurry. Yeah. Oh. I'll have a lighter in a second. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What do you
6: see?
11: If only he look up, he's only a few feet below us.
6: I'll move the lighter from one side of the porthole to the other. Hurry. Right.
11: Lily, he sees it. He's waving to me.
6: He's trying to signal something to us.
11: Something up four fingers. Well, you know what that means? We'll be rescued in four days. How can they possibly get us out of here? I don't know, but they'll do it somehow. All we have to do is hang on for four days, Millie. I better signal back so we will know we understand. Yeah. yeah, look. He sees the four fingers I'm holding up. He's waving us. Did you Look, he's signaling to the surface. They're pulling him up. He's gone.
6: Well, Larry, do you think they'll really be able to rescue us?
11: Of course. Hand down at a diving dollar or something like that. I'll get us out of here, Millie. Only it'll take Dave. a little time.
6: Boy, Dave. Larry, what if the oxygen in here doesn't hold out?
11: Yeah, you're right. There may not be enough air in here for the last two people for four days.
6: Oh, we we'll just have to hope there is.
11: I'm afraid I can't afford to take that chance. What do
6: you mean? Good
11: night. Yes, Milly, a knife? Yes, Millie, a knife. Millie,
6: you're not I'm, not I'm afraid me. I
11: must, Millie. can't allow you to breathe the air that may save no, me. No, no. I won't let you kill me.
6: You get that gun. Oh, my purse. Now, oh, you keep away from me. Give it to me here. Give me that gun. No, you're going to kill me. Stay away from me or I'll you. Stay away. Uh, I... Knew that. <laughs> Larry, Larry, I, I didn't want to shoot you. You made me do it, Larry. You, well now I'm alone. All alone, hundreds of feet under the surface. Larry, Larry, don't look at me like that. Larry, please don't stare at me like that. please stop staring at me. I can't stand in here any longer. I can't get out of here. The porthole. hole. I'll through the porthole. I, I won't stay here with you another minute.
10: As soon as I open this portal, I, oh, I can't open it. It's not, I've got to find something to open it with. I've got to find something to open it with. All right, Mike, take
11: it easy. I'll have your helmet unspooned in a minute. Then you can tell me whatever you have, have to say.
4: Uh, take it easy. Well I ch-
12: Take it off. Ah. Looks like most of us for your partner, though, as usual. Thanks, Ab. How's Lobsterin? I've seen it worse. Hey, Joe. Mail. For me? Hey, I'm very popular fella,
0: huh? Yeah. Joe Sanger. Joe Sanger. Oh, a farm magazine. Ah, thanks. Very good. Wait a minute, there's more. Joe Sanger. Mr. Joe Sanger. Joe Zanger Esquire. That's me, too. At least I got a bill. Only smoke whatever I got for a partner, anyway.
9: Me? Who do you think? Hey, hold, look at this one in the magazine. I raised my family on walnuts, says Leroy Helton. Nuts, so. huh? No, walnuts. That's something, eh?
0: <laughs> I thought you were a turkey man, Joe.
9: No, I'm through with turkeys. Turkeys, you got to feed. But these walnuts, they just drop off and you reach.
0: Just like that, huh? A dime in every walnut. Yeah, sure. No, 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 these things you got I to I hate play. to disturb a millionaire, but we've still got to eat. Oh, sure. I almost forget the groceries. I get them all. I'll things. see you down at the dock. I've got a couple of. Oh, hello, Ann.
7: Oh, hello,
0: Hod. Oh, wait a minute. Don't run away. Breaking our engagement isn't going to start a feud, is it?
7: No, I, I don't see why it should. Still friends? Still friends, Hod.
0: Then we still got that date tonight, huh?
7: Date? Well, this yeah. is
0: Friday, remember? We were going to dinner.
7: Oh, I'm sorry, Hod, but I'll have to work tomorrow. Did you change that... your job? Why, no. Why?
0: Why, nothing. Only when you made the date originally, you had to work just the same.
7: All right. We've got a date then. But just as friends. Nothing more. Promise?
0: Absolutely. Talk about nothing but the weather. Seven o'clock.
7: Okay, Hod. I I'll be ready.
0: Feel like dancing? Somebody just loaded the jukebox.
7: All right, Hod. Sure.
0: And I. I still got the ring.
7: Hard, please. Now,
0: keep your feathers down. I just meant that the fellow wouldn't take it back. Guess I'm stuck with it. Unless I can find somebody else. Oh? Haven't changed your mind, have you?
7: Have you changed yours?
0: You know I wouldn't be any good with that job in town. I'm just a lobsterman. I'll never be anything else. You know that.
7: You could be anything you wanted to be.
0: All right, Anne. I'll do it. Do what? I'll take that job in Portland. It might be a little rough for a while, but I think we can work it out, don't you?
7: No, Hod. No, I don't. It would never work. And it wasn't fair of me to ever ask. One you.
0: minute, just say one thing and I try to do what you want me to, and I they... know,
7: I'm sorry, Hod. You've got what you want here, haven't you? Your own house, your own island, your own boat. You wouldn't be happy anywhere else. And after a while, I guess I wouldn't be happy either.
0: We'd have each other. That way we could work anything out.
7: Could we? Marriage is something that has to last. What would it be like in five years? Ten years?
0: Look, I love you. You love me. Don't you? I know you do.
7: You're not being fair. We came here as friends. Can't we let it go like that? No. Hodd, please, just give me time to think.
0: Please give me time. Yeah. Sure. Well, we've discussed the weather. Now, what about your job? What's this about working tomorrow?
7: It's that boy I told you about, Donnie Mitchell. I've got to make out the report for the office. And you?
0: I think I'll go duck hunting. Joe says he saw some ducks over on the island. Say, maybe you'll be finished in time to come along with us.
7: Thanks, Hart, but I don't think so.
0: Okay.
5: Well, come on. Let's get out of here.
0: How's the duck hunting?
13: They're all gone now. I knew somebody'd scare more.
0: I've been watching you. That was tough luck. But you did a good job of hunting.
14: What'd you scare them for? Oh, wait a
0: minute. Don't hang it on to me. They were just feeding out. Maybe they'll come back.
14: What a good that'll do
13: me. I only had two shells. this your island?
0: Yeah. Oh, don't worry. You're welcome to come here. Aren't you the new fellow at Mary McKay's?
13: Yeah, the state kid.
0: I'm a hard well. How'd you get over here?
13: Rolled out in a skiff.
0: How'd you learn to handle a gun like that?
13: Uncle My Uncle Mai taught me. He used to take me guns.
0: Uncle Mai? Well, it wouldn't be Captain Mai Mitchell. It used to be down to Port Clyde, would it?
13: What if it is?
0: Oh, nothing. I just mentioned it.
13: My name's Mitchell, too, Donnie Mitchell.
0: I thought there might be a connection. You know, I went to the banks a couple of seasons with Captain Mai. You did? Well, some years ago. I knew your paw, too. Say, he was a pretty good man with a gun, wasn't
13: he? Uncle Myson, my pa's one of the finest shots in the county. I tried to tell farmer Elkins that. I guess nobody recollects my pa no more. Now,
0: where'd you get an idea like that? Plenty of people around here remember your pa. (laughs) You ought to talk to my partner, Joe Sanger. He and your pa were shipmates once.
13: Sanger? Oh, Portuguese, huh?
0: Yeah,
13: why? I don't like Portuguese. Oh,
0: now, listen, kid. Your pa or your Uncle Mai either. They wouldn't let anybody tell them about a fellow. They always went and found out for themselves.
13: Yeah? I gotta be going. I got some chores to do.
0: Time you row back to the mainland, gonna be kind of late for chores, isn't it?
13: The chores can wait. I ain't a dog and I ain't a horse. Now,
0: hold on, hold on. Here. I got a couple of nice ducks here. You can use them.
13: What do you want for them?
0: Nothing. I I just thought maybe Mrs. McKay wouldn't worry so much about the chores if well. A couple of nice birds are a couple of nice birds.
13: Okay, I'll take them. Well, I'll be seeing you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and thank you.
0: <laughs> Come back again sometime. We'll talk about your paw and your Uncle on Sure,
4: and thanks again.
1: Come in, Anne. Thank goodness you got here. The office gave me the message when I phoned in. What is it, Mrs. McKay? What's the trouble? Trouble? It's Donnie. Gone since
7: morning, and here it is an hour past supper time. Maybe he went duck hunting again. No,
1: he couldn't have. I loaned my shotgun to old man Peters. Well, didn't he say anything or do anything? Oh, I scolded him for dilly dallying with the firewood this morning. Then when I went out to call him for dinner, there was the wood saw broke clean in two, and him gone. You don't suppose something's happened to him? I've supposed everything. When he didn't come in for dinner, I thought sure he'd made my supper. It's all right with you, Anne. I'm going to call the state troopers.
9: There's our lobster float, hot I shut off the engine? Shut her off. Hey, what's that by the float? Somebody skiff?
0: Huh? Ah, yeah. yeah, must have drifted out from the mainland. Pick it up with a boat hook.
9: I wonder how that happened.
0: I don't know. Well, let it go for now. We'll pick it up after we unload. We got anything left in this float? i look. I think we leave a few lobsters from last time. We'll take the skiff to the mainland first time we go in, find out who lost it. OK. Let's go, hot Give me the catch. I put him in the float. <laughs> Santa Maria, what do we got here? What are you talking about?
9: In the float. you kiddo, what are you doing in there? Donnie.
0: Holy smoke. Oh, you crazy kid. It's a good thing those lobsters are plugged or we'd be hauling you out in pieces. What were you doing in there?
13: We only wanted a couple of old
4: lobsters.
0: Oh, I see. Get in the boat. In this country, boy, lobsters are a man's living. You don't rob his pots and you don't rob his floats.
13: I didn't know it was yours.
0: That only makes it worse. A man looks out for his enemies, but his friends... You know, a man doing that would be sent to jail if he was lucky. A kid like you would be sent to reform school. How do you like this kid? What would your Uncle Mai have done if he'd have caught you doing this?
13: Well, tarnation on me, I guess.
0: That's just what you need, a good thrashing.
13: Go on, whip me if you want to.
0: I wouldn't lay a hand on you. But I'm going to do the next best thing. Now get on the boat. Get on, get aboard
1: just don't stand there where have you been i said where have you been
0: he's been with me mary
1: Well, oh, that's small comfort well come in we've even got the state police looking for you johnny you're soaking wet
0: hello ann yeah he's wet had a little accident he fell in the water. That's a sure way to get wet.
1: Well, I, I'd better call the police and tell them he's safe. As for you, young man, you kite yourself upstairs and get out of those clothes before you catch pneumonia. Go on now, get. It. Yes, ma'am.
0: Lots of problems to raising a child, aren't you, Mary?
1: A child, he's got the brain of a giant. He can think of more ways to devil a person.
0: Oh, he wasn't trying to devil you, Mary. He's afraid.
1: Afraid of what? He's
0: afraid of you. He told me the whole story about breaking that saw. He told me it was an accident. I believe it was.
1: Well? Well,
0: he stayed away all day because he was just plain afraid to face up and tell you about it.
1: It was only a saw.
0: I know, but I guess it seemed pretty important to him. He's, he's awfully sensitive, Mary. He hasn't had things very easy. Takes patience with a kid like that.
1: Well, patience ain't my long suit. But kids either want to hit him or lick or put my arms around him. He hasn't had any supper now, has he?
0: Come to think of it, neither have I.
1: Well, no more trouble for two and for one. Come on in the
7: kitchen. Well, now that everything's all right again, I
1: think I'll be driving back to bellport for Oh, I'm sorry I dragged you out here for nothing, but thanks, Anne. Good night. Night.
0: Do you have to go back right away?
1: Well, it's a long drive.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I'll walk up. Well, you told her goodbye quick enough. Too quick. Looks like it was successful, though. Hmm? That's lipstick, ain't it? When's the wedding?
0: i like asking, is there? No. I'm afraid there isn't going to be a wedding. I guess Ann just doesn't want to marry a lobsterman.
1: Smart girl, maybe. What you looking for in my cupboards?
0: Bandlylon wine. Did you make any this year?
1: Of course not. Get out of there.
0: okay. Okay. Let a man come in out of a cold night and not give him anything?
1: Oh, go take it. Second shelf from the top, but none for me. Oh, of course
0: not. Think I want the ladies eat after me? <laughs> Mary, you're not letting Donnie worry you, are you?
1: Why would he worry me? He's just as nice and quiet as a three year old bull.
0: Takes a lot of handling. That kid had a tough road of to
1: So's everybody else. No life's no clam bake.
0: Say, hey, you know, I could use that boy on my boat on Saturdays. Paying two bits an hour.
1: Cute, aren't you? You and him cook this up together?
0: No, I just thought of it. Not a bad idea, either. He might make enough to pay for that saw.
1: Oh, who said anything about paying for a saw? Donnie? Yes, ma'am? Come right down now. Supper's about ready.
0: Well, if he's coming with us on Saturday, you'll have to have him up early. We leave around five.
1: All right, all right. He'll be on time.
0: Kid, how do you like lobstering?
13: I sure like it fine,
9: huh? Some business. Wake up in the middle of the night, break your back all day. Hey, Kino, you lobstering or fishing? I well, said I could fish for a while.
0: Think you'll be able to go with us again next week, Donnie? Oh, sure. You've got a lot of chores to do for Mrs. McKay. A lot of wood to chop. I'll
13: chop it honest.
0: It might be a little tough with only an axe. Now that you've busted the saw.
13: Yeah, but I'll do it.
0: Well, here's the trap six lobster heart. pretty good size. All right, bait up the box and throw it back in. Bait.
9: I'm going to get me a farm someday so far away from this ocean, I never smell bait again. I go to Connecticut. You wait and see. <laughs> Doesn't it smell in Connecticut? No. smells smelling Connecticut.
0: All right, pull up your line, Donnie. We've got to move out.
9: Fish, I got a fish. <laughs> hey, get back in the boat. Where do you think you're going? Hey, I the kiddo's got something.
0: Maybe a whale. Hold on to him, Donnie. Bring him in.
4: I'm trying it right now. Pull it
0: off. That's it. Keep him coming. Don't let him get any slack in your line. That's it. bye Say, you have got a fish, haven't you?
4: Oh,
13: what can it be, hot?
0: We'll find out. Need any help?
13: No. I can get him.
0: I hope. <laughs> Shark, maybe, uh? No, I don't think so. He's running more like a halibut He
13: won't
0: get. Keep at him, Donnie. Keep him coming. Can
13: you see him yet?
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There he is. Holy smoke, it is a halibut. Big as hell rock Santa
9: Maria, some halibuts. Hold him, kiddo. I get the gut. This fish you're gonna lose. <laughs>
15: Well, here's your money, Hard. Huh? The lobsters plus the halibut. Fifty-seven dollars and eight cents. Pretty good day. Not bad. Mighty fine halibut. Don't know how they're fighting.
0: That depends on who's fishing for them. I want you to meet the champ, Donnie Mitchell.
15: Well, now, that's some fish, son. Mitchell, huh? You'll happen to be no relation of old Captain My Mitchell or Johnny Mitchell now, would you?
13: Captain My was my uncle, and, and John, he was my pa.
15: You don't say. Well, now, no wonder you're a fisherman. <laughs> well,
0: is this here, Donnie? Two bits an hour, that's a buck and a quarter. Four and a half for the fish. Five dollars and seventy-five cents. Cash on the barrelhead.
13: Gosh, I never earned that much, huh? I, I, I had too good of a time. <laughs> a
15: lot of money, son. What do you aim to buy with it? I'm going
13: to buy me a brand new... A brand new saw. Hey, hold
0: uh-huh.
9: somebody there on the other side of the dock.
0: Huh? Oh.
6: Miss Ann, look! Look at the fish I caught! Oh, hello.
9: Who did you say caught that fish? The kiddo, all by himself. We don't give him no help, not even one little bit. It's a halibut. And look
7: what I got. Five dollars and 75 cents. Say, I think I'll take up fishing.
0: That's not a bad idea. I could use another hand, provided you can cook better than
7: Joe. Oh, you'd better let well enough alone.
9: You keep away from lobster boats, Miss Anne. Buy yourself a farm-raised potatoes.
13: Will you go fish with us next Saturday?
7: Oh, think about it, Donnie. Look... I'll drive you home. Now, get in my car and wait for me. Well, i got to
13: help Joe wash
7: down the deck. I think Joe can manage alone. No,
0: I think maybe Donnie had better Look, go Donnie, and get...
7: Donnie, I want to talk to Hod. Now, go up there and wait for me.
13: Yes, ma'am, I'll go.
0: Ann, yeah. I wish you hadn't done that. Done what? Well, the kid's just had the biggest time of his life. You took some of the edge off it for him.
7: I'm sorry, Hod, but that's what I wanted to talk to you about. You shouldn't have taken him out with you.
12: Well, why not? A
7: boat out there in the open sea... What if something happened to him?
0: Well, if you want to look at it like that, he could fall down in the backyard and break his neck. Just going out on a boat don't doesn't me mean... Don't you...
7: boats in the sea. I was raised here, too. Half the people in this town have lost somebody at the sea. Oh, I
0: know, Anne, but... You, you know,
7: but don't you really know? You go out there. But what about the women who sit at home and wait and watch and pray? Ask them if there's any danger out there. Now, are
0: you talking about Donnie or about yourself?
7: I'm talking about my responsibility. If something happened to Donnie, I'd never forgive myself.
0: And suppose he wants to go with us again. And suppose I want to take him.
7: Then you'll force me to move him somewhere else. Anne. I'm sorry, Hod, but that's the way it's got to be.
0: Well, suppose we talk about it later, huh? Tonight, maybe.
7: No, Hod. Not tonight or any other time. Anne.
0: Go after
9: her, Hod. I clean up everything.
0: I'm through going after her, Joe. Well, I guess that's that.
15: We return you to William Keeley. The curtain rises on the second act of Deep Waters, starring Dana Andrews as Hod, Donna Reed as Anne, and Anne Revere as Mary. It's the following morning, and the lobster boat's tied up on Hod Stillwell's Island. On the rickety dock, Joe's mending the traps but well aware of his approaching visit.
9: Hello, kiddo. How are you?
13: Well, I'm fine.
15: Hey,
9: how come you're all way out over here? How come you're not in church, eh?
13: How come you ain't?
9: Me? Six o'clock I am there. Don't you worry about Joe.
13: Church doesn't start at 10. What
9: do you mean? We got six o'clock mass, seven o'clock mass, eight o'clock. We, we got plenty
13: mass. Oh, the other church, huh? What you doing,
9: Joe? Oh, fixing up the lobster traps. All the time, got to fix up the traps. You take Joe's advice, kiddo. You want to be a fisherman? Don't do it. You get yourself a nice farm. Come here. You see this magazine? I'll show you something. You see this?
13: Huh? Oh. raise minx.
9: Minx? That's what he says, do it? Find fortune in fabulous furs. Something, eh? I'd
13: rather fish. You don't read what it says.
9: This fella here, he sell you Mama Mink and Papa Mink for $100. I
13: like fishing better.
9: Okay. Now look, when baby mink grow up, they make coats. See? Like coat on pretty girl in a magazine.
13: I don't like girls.
9: Okay, don't look at the girl. Just look at the coat. You know how much that coat costs? $6,000,
13: Think of that. Gee, that's more than a lobster boat. Yeah, yeah, you bet.
9: Don't be surprised if one day Joe is a very rich mink man.
4: Joe. Oh, hi,
13: Hod. Oh, hello,
0: Donny. How are the pets coming, Joe?
13: They're coming. That's a mighty fine house you got there, Hod.
0: Yeah. Hey, Joe, come on, step on it.
13: Hod, I got something to ask
0: you.
13: Well? Well, I figured that... Well, I just thought... Well, look, you and Joe live in here alone, I figure. Figured what? Well, was I here every day. I could do the chores for it and work for it in the boat every day. Move in with us? Well, well yeah, sure. Oh,
0: sorry, Donnie. I couldn't do that. Well,
13: Mrs. McKay wouldn't mind. I already paid her for the saw. All
0: oh, right. I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. Hey, Joe, I'll give you a hand.
13: School's out in a couple of weeks. Could I work for you steady all summer?
0: Hey, that's a good idea. I'll oh, Never you could... mind the idea. Let's go, Joe. We're going out. I'm sorry, Donnie.
13: Gone out not lobstering? You heard me. Wasn't I all right yesterday? Yesterday, you said I was your partner.
0: Oh, that was yesterday, kid. Something's happened. Well, we'll have to break up the partnership. The lobsters aren't running so good these days, Gotta cut down.
13: I'll bet that Miss Freeman. I'll bet that you know she No,
0: had it. nothing to do with it. Free that stern line, Joel, to shove off. I'm sorry, kiddo. Besides, Mimps is much better. Need
13: me. They don't want me either. Okay, I'll get out of here. I'll run away again.
4: Well,
1: here's Donnie's birthday cake, Anne. Think it'll do? Will it do? It's beautiful, Mrs. McKay. You're sure Donnie doesn't suspect anything? This isn't the first surprise party I've handled. You stop in at the drugstore? Mm, they'll deliver the ice cream at 4 o'clock. Good. I told Donnie to go straight from school to the shoemakers. The shoemaker's going to keep him there till 5. By the time he gets home, all the kids will be here.
7: He probably hasn't had a birthday party in years. You've been wonderful with him, Mrs. McKay. Oh,
1: you stop that nonsense and help me wrap his presents. Wind's blowing up, Ann. Looks to me like we're going to a storm. Hello, sir. Yes.
4: Something you want? Huh?
15: Oh, uh, no, I'm just looking.
4: Uh,
13: this is where the bus stops, huh? It stops here at the drugstore?
4: That's
12: right. Schedule's right there in the wall. Figuring on traveling?
13: lady waiting for a prescription, Mr. Martin. Oh, I'm
12: coming, I'm coming.
13: Boston. $7.50. They never find me in Boston. With the money, I gotta get it. I, I just gotta get it.
15: Yes, sir. What can I do for you?
13: I... I got something to sell.
15: We buy, sell, and trade anything, son. Best little swap shop in the county.
13: This, uh... This camera.
15: Huh? Let me see that. Looks like brand new to me.
13: It's not new. I, I mean, I ain't ever used it. It just looks like new.
15: You see something? You want to trade for it?
13: I want to sell it for $7.50. But
15: that's what they get for this sort of camera brand new. Why, they got some just like this. Over Martin's How got much for, can that? I get? Give you $4.
13: Well, i got to have $7.50.
15: Sorry, boy. Couldn't come out on it at that price. Okay.
13: I'll take four, then.
15: Here you are. One, two, three, four.
1: That you, Donnie?
13: Yes, ma'am. You'll get my shoes? Uh, the man said... Uh,
1: he said he won't be ready till 5 o'clock. Well, you can get them tomorrow. Now, you go up to your room and you study there till I call you for supper. I don't want you going out anymore. Now, what
7: do we do? We'll never be able to surprise him. Oh, dread that shoemaker. Oh, well, I'll go upstairs a little later and visit with him. He won't think anything of my being here.
1: My day picks for his birthday. Thunder and blowing a gale out there.
7: May I come in, Donnie? It's Ann Freeman, Donnie. I just dropped by to see if you... Donnie! Are you hiding, Donnie? He isn't here, Mrs. McKay. What do you
1: mean he isn't there? Well, he must have gone out after all. Maybe he went for your shoes. I told him to stay in his room. Maybe he's up in the attic. Donnie? Donnie, where are you?
9: She's starting to
0: blow hard. I'm just as glad we're heading for home. Rain. Whoa. Pretty really black over there by headless Rock. Well, let's head for the mooring. Hey, wait a minute. There's a boat out there.
9: Ain't that Nick Driver's boat? And he gone? But well, he ain't gone out, is he?
0: Nick Driver? He's up in Portland.
9: Maybe so, but I see his boat. Give me the glasses.
0: Well, oh, that's funny. I know Nick something. It's the
9: kid. It's Tony.
0: Oh, no. What are we doing out here?
9: It's him, all right. When I wave, he sees us and turns.
0: What do you suppose? He's looking for us?
9: Why does he turn, then? No, he's taking a joyride. That kid is crazy about boats. He's heading out to sea. Yeah, he's a funny kid. I don't even like minx.
0: He can't handle that boat. Not in that sea.
9: We go after him? We'll have to. Okay. It's getting dark, bud. Open her up.
0: I'm sight of him.
9: I can't see him. Turn on the spotlight. He's still there on the other side of the swell. Johnny! Donnie! Save your breath. Too much sea, too much wind. He's heading straight for Hazler's Rock. Oh, That's a crazy kid. He hasn't
0: got a chance out there. Donnel!
9: Art, look! The boat, he turned over. He capsized. Grab a line, quick. He's still there, Art, Hanging onto the boat. Here, take the wheel. Swing this turn around as close as you can to him. Don't let the sea take you onto those rocks, Hutch. I try, Hutch. I try. God's swinging.
0: We get close enough to throw him a line before he's pulled under.
9: Hang on, Hutch. He's awful rough. Pull her around. Broadside. Broadside. We'll throwing you a line. Watch the wave, Hodge. I'm throwing a line, Donnie. Now. you do good, Hodge. Good. Catch hold with both hands. Both hands. Bye. We're going on the rocks, Hodge. Give him more gas. Oh, we've pushed up for sure. Hang on, Donnie. Bring your heart down to We got a hold. Just another minute. We're sponsoring Hodge. Another wave like that and. Hang on to the wheel. I got him. Did
0: we do that? I don't know. We we're born to be hung, I guess. Hey, kiddo, how do you feel? You'll be all right. Just, just get us out of here.
7: He's coming, Mrs. McKay. Look out the window. That's Donnie,
1: all right. With Hard and Joe Sanger. Yes. And a fine birthday party. Well, let him in. Hey, we've brought you something. Get in here, Donnie. So, he was with you,
0: huh? Yeah, again.
2: He's
1: drenched.
0: Fill in the water. Every time you do that, you get wet. Surprise,
4: surprise, surprise. I, I don't get it. It started out as a surprise party for your birthday. For me?
1: Better get back to the dining room, kid. Donnie will be there in a minute. Only first, he's got to get out of those clothes. You heard me, Donnie, now. Upstairs before you get pneumonia. Gosh.
0: Well, this is quite a setting to walk into after what's happened.
7: That's what I want to know. What has happened?
0: Well, I'm afraid he stole Nick Driver's boat. He capsized off Hazl's Rock. Just a miracle he's here. He's trying to run away.
7: Run away? Where?
0: Oh, I don't know. Boston? Out of the state? What difference does that make? The important thing is he'll keep right on doing it unless something's done.
7: Like what? Look, Anne.
0: Donnie is a fisherman's kid. He's got fishing in his blood. You bring him here to a fishing town where all he sees is boats, and then put up a sign, keep off. What do you expect him to do?
7: I told you that the welfare board holds me responsible. It's my duty.
0: Yeah, I know you told me that. You told me a lot of things. There's one thing you didn't tell me or I was too stupid to see it. You're afraid, Ann. You're afraid of the sea. Scared to death of it.
7: All right, suppose I am.
0: I'm sorry, Ann. I'm sorry to have to say it. I know it's a terrible thing for you to fight, but it's affecting other people's lives. It's affecting Donnie's life, and that's not fair. The boy can go good or he can go bad. It's up to you to make the decision.
7: Well? There's nothing more to be said, Hart.
0: Well, tell him happy birthday for me.
9: Hey, Hod, come here. You look at this. What's the matter? The rabbits sick? Sick? No, they're not sick, Hod. Three weeks ago, I bought two rabbits like the magazine says. Make plenty money raising rabbits. I built them fine house, everything. Well, what's happened? You got a family? That's the trouble. They don't do like the book says. You think maybe Mama don't like Papa, huh? <laughs> How do I know?
0: Maybe they're both named Charlie Oh,
9: no, no This one's named Manuela I name her myself You think maybe hi, she don't... Hey, hi,
13: Hart Hi, Donnie Miss McKay said it was all right for me to come down and see after school day And told you Miss Ann said it was all right with the state for me to work for you on the boat Well,
0: I'm glad to hear that, Donnie
13: You mean you'll let me work for you again?
0: Well, there's just one thing that's got to be settled first Nick Driver's boat Who's going to pay for that?
13: Oh, that's okay, Hart Miss McKay, she already paid him
0: That's okay, huh? You think it's right for somebody else to pay for your mistakes? Nick Driver put a lot of store by that boat. If he'd reported it to the police, you might have been sent to reform school.
13: But you'll take me on your boat and let me work and.
0: Would you want a partner that didn't pay his debts?
13: But if you'll let me work Saturdays so till school's over, and then I can work for you every day and pay back every cent of it. Honest, I, I will hard
0: Well? Oh, it sounds reasonable. Okay. Start Saturday morning. Be here at 5 Oh,
13: thanks, Sot. Gee, thanks. Oh, gosh, I better go now and tell Miss McKay. Oh, hello, Joe. So long.
9: Yes, so long. This is terrible. How huh. terrible. This rabbit. Now what? You're right, Hod. Huh. They both named Charlie.
4: <laughs> 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 Miss McKay! Miss McKay, I just saw Hutt!
13: And he said I could go to work for him. He said I... Oh, I didn't know you had company. Hello, Miss Freeman.
7: Donnie,
1: wait.
13: Come here.
7: Ma'am? Donnie, I don't know if you know these men or not. This is Mr. Harris from the sheriff's office, and this is Mr. Hopkins. He says you sold him a camera.
15: That's the boy, all right.
7: Did you, Donnie? Tell me the truth. Yes, ma'am.
0: Where did you get it, Donnie?
7: Martin's Drugstore. Did Mr. Martin give it to you? No.
0: You mean you just took the camera, and then you sold it to Mr. Hopkins here for $4? That right?
1: Yes, sir. Oh, Donnie, why?
13: Why? Well, I was going to run away. A bus fare to Boston was... Oh, well, anyway, it wasn't enough. That's why I took Mr. Driver's boat.
5: Well, I guess I'll have to take him to Bellport, Mrs. McKay. Turn him over to the juvenile authorities. I'm sorry for both of you.
1: Oh, Donnie, look at me. I won't tell you not to take this hard. It's bitter hard. Just as we were beginning to understand each other. He'll have to go.
7: You know he
13: does, Miss Freeman.
7: I'll do all that I can to help you, Donnie. Remember that.
13: Don't tell Hod.
7: But Hoddle won't help (laughs) us.
13: Don't tell him, please.
1: (laughs) Promise you won't tell Hod. I I promise. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. All right, Donnie. We won't tell Hod.
5: I promise. Come along,
15: son. (laughs)
9: Hey, Hod, you stopped in the post office before. Any mail?
0: Yeah. I got a letter from the kid. He's out of town. Donnie? Out of town? Yeah. He's in Ferriston. What he says, Hod? His writing looks more like chicken tracks, but he says the state shifted him to a farm in Ferriston. Shifted? But why? Well, so long as he's on farm, that is good. Maybe he'll find the job for me. Listen to this. I wanted you to know why I couldn't be there on Saturday. It's kind of lonesome here on the farm. I don't get to go out much. Tell Joe hello. Yeah, tell Joe hello. That's good, yeah. The kid is okay, eh? I don't know. You know, it's funny. He's leaving like that. And this address, Box 317 Ferriston.
9: He doesn't even say who he's with. He's a kid. He don't think. Hey, where are you taking us?
0: We're cutting around to the cake. Let's head for Belport. Bellport?
9: Where do we do that?
0: I want to find out something. And I think maybe the answer is in Belport.
4: She's right
7: in there, Mr. Stillwell. You got to call her, Ann. Hogg, what are you doing in Belport? I
0: wanted to see you, Ann. Donnie was supposed to come to work for me last Saturday, and he didn't show up.
7: Oh? Well, I know Mrs. McKay's gone to Portland for a while, visiting her brother.
0: Well, oh, you'd think the kid would would have said something if he was going to leave town.
7: Well, maybe he just forgot.
0: I don't think so. You see, I got a letter this morning from Donnie. He isn't in Portland. He says he's on a farm outside Ferriston.
7: That's right, Hod, he is.
0: Well, what's the mystery? Who's he staying with? I'd like to see him.
7: He didn't tell you?
0: No, but you're responsible for him. You told me that often enough. So you must have put him there. Now, where is he?
7: I can't tell you, Hard.
0: You can't? Or you won't?
7: I promised that I wouldn't.
0: Promised who? I thought when you decided to let Donnie come and work for me on the boat that you'd beaten this peer of yours. I guess you haven't. All right. You said you'd take him away, so now you have.
7: Hard, I didn't. Please. You've got to believe me. That had nothing to do with it. So
0: where is he, Ann?
7: I just can't tell you.
0: Okay. I'll have to find out my own way.
7: Hard, wait a minute. I know you don't believe me, but I've told you everything I can. Now, I'm warning you. If you keep on, you're only going to hurt the boy.
0: The kid's not happy where he is. I can tell that from the letter. I'm going to find him, Ann, and don't you try and stop him. Hard. We pause now for station identification.
15: Three of Deep Waters, starring Dana Andrews as Hod, Donna Reed as Anne, and Anne Revere as Mary. It's early the next morning, and Hod and Joe are no closer to the solution of Donnie's whereabouts. But there's one man who may be able to help them. Josh Hovey, the shipbuilder. Come in,
5: boys. Come in now. Ain't this nourishing? I ain't seen you fellas in a dog's age. Well, what can I do for you?
9: you very important political man, Josh. I think maybe you help more than me. <laughs> What's up, Joe? You want to run for mayor? <laughs> I thought all you was interested in was a farm. Oh, you bet. Pretty quick now. You see, I get by. Josh,
0: do you suppose you could use your connections to find out who holds a post office box in Ferriston?
9: Post office box?
0: Periston? Yeah. I want the name of the family holding box 317. 317. Uh, Jenny, get me the post office in Ferriston. Let's see now. That'd be uh, Bill Murray. Hurry, Jenny. You didn't fall for one of their matrimonial ads, did you, Hob? <laughs> Here, Joe, have a cigar. You bet. You take one, too, hard. You can give to me later. Well, this, uh, box number, it's supposed to be a farm, Josh. Only a farm wouldn't have an, R- would it, would have an RFD route, not a box number, wouldn't it? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it would. Well, find out right now. Hello, Bill. Yep, yeah, Josh Hovey. Oh, I'm still alive, I guess. Say, uh, Bill, uh, do you know offhand who rents box 317? Uh, 17. What?
9: <laughs> no <laughs> No, it's not for me, just for a friend <laughs> I sure will, Bill Thanks a lot <laughs> Wow
0: What's so funny? <laughs> Box 317 That's the state reform school <laughs> Reform school? Oh <laughs> Josh You remember Johnny Mitchell? Johnny? Well, sure we shipped with him, didn't we, Joe? An old My Mitchell Schooner, and an Emily T. Well, Johnny's boy is in that reform school. I want you to help me get him out. Well, now, it's kind of a tall order, Hod. Huh? What'd you do with him if we did get him out? Adopt him. Adopt him? Do you want to help us? You know better than to ask that. Of course. Mm. Do everything I can. May take time, boys. I'll drop by the island and let you know what happens. Thanks. <laughs> the arrangement's Hod. Huh? The boy will get a hearing. I may have to vote for Judge Tate next year,
9: but I got the hearing. You sure good friend, Josh. Hey, you like couple rabbits for dinner sometime? I fix for you. Rabbits for sure.
0: Sure. This hearing, Josh? When is it and where? Uh, Tuesday morning, hard, huh? 10 o'clock, Belport Courthouse. It's uh, not going to be easy, son. That kid was arrested for stealing. Stole a camera and sold it. Oh, I didn't know. He's a ward of the state. Not too good a
15: record. Take my advice, Hod. Get all the people you can on your side. That Judge Tate—he's honest, but he's a tough old customer.
0: Well, thanks, Josh. I guess the best we can do is try. Sure, like your place here, Hod. Always did. Henry, the fellow, owned his own island. You want to sell? Not a chance. Well, you change your mind, give me first bid. Well, drop by Tuesday morning. We'll all go to court together. <laughs> This is his courtroom, hud. Might as well sit down and wait. I wonder where Joe is. He's been gone now almost an hour. I'm not worried about Joe. Said girl out there in the corridor. You uh, got her in line, hud? Ann Freeman? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see how she could stand in the way of an abduction, but I just don't know. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Here they come. Good morning, Your Honor. Well, Ruby, how are you? Fine, fine. Judge, I want you to meet a friend of mine. Wonderful fellow, wonderful. Miss Stilwell, this is Judge Tate.
12: How do you do, sir? How do you do? Sit down. Oh, uh, you take chair, too, Miss Freeman?
4: Thank you.
12: As this more or less friendly uh, family affair here, I don't think we need to be so formal. Uh, Miss Freeman, if you'll uh, come a little closer, please. Uh, You, too, Miss Stilwell. I'm sure she won't mind. Now, I usually handle these matters in my chambers, but I have the boy in there, and I don't want to arouse any false hopes in him. <clears throat> now, then, Mr. Stilwell. Yes, sir. According to your petition here, you're a single man. It's rather unusual for a bachelor to adopt a child, so you can start by giving me some of your reasons. Well, uh,
0: I know this boy very well. I knew his father and then his uncle. And I'm sure I can give him more advantages than the state reform school. We won't go into a debate of our state
12: institutions, sir, which happen to have a remarkably fine record, and whose problems I feel certain you are in no position to discuss. I beg your pardon. <clears throat> are you uh, financially able and
0: prepared to care for the boy? I, I think so. I'm a lobsterman. I own my own home, my own boat. don't have much money in the bank, but I make a pretty good
1: living. Am I nice.
12: late? I sent her telegram, Hod. I've been to station. Just
0: one get? moment. This is a
12: private hearing... If you're not an interested party, I'd like madam, to know
1: I. Who's more interested? Donnie Mitchell lived in my house.
12: Why, Mary McCain. Hello, Walter. Well, come right in.
1: I didn't mean to disturb the court. Why,
12: no, not at all. We're just discussing Mr. Stilwell's petition to adopt young Mitchell. Here.
1: Well, now, why shouldn't he? It's the best thing that could happen to Donnie. It's about time that somebody took an interest in that boy. He's been moved around from pillar to post. Now, just a minute, man. Just Mary. a minute, nothing. That boy's going to get a square deal if I've got to set fire to the courthouse, and you're not going to stop me. Mary, if you wish. Walter, by... I've known you for 40 years and I've always liked you. But I'm warning you. If you stand in the way of this boy getting a good home with a man who understands him... Keep
12: quiet, Mary. All I can do is hear both sides and try to decide what's best for the boy's welfare. I'm not opposed to the adoption.
1: You're not opposed to the... You mean I came all the way from Portland for nothing?
12: Now, just sit down, Mary, please. I uh, think the welfare board has a right to be heard, too. Well, Miss Freeman...
7: Your Honor, the Welfare Board has always felt that it was better to raise Donnie for some inland occupation. So we sent him to several inland farms and homes. We were wrong. Every attempt we made to distract him from the sea resulted in some insubordination. Huh? Go on. There, There just seemed to be something so deep-rooted, so strong and compelling about this... this calling for the sea that it was useless to fight against it. I've tried and failed. Donnie needs love guidance from someone he trusts. He needs it especially now after what he's been through. I'm sure if given these things, he can be raised to a good citizen in a useful and honorable trade. uh uh-huh.
12: Then the board has a recommendation to make? What is it?
7: The board recommends that the petition be granted. Well, yeah,
12: Your Honor, I guess that means... And that... Let's not jump to any conclusions. I'm in complete sympathy with your views, but I have a very grave responsibility. Before I can make any decision... I must know what the boys' feelings are. Come in, son. Come in. Well, nothing to be frightened of now. You know these people. Well, it seems that Mr. Stilwell wants you to come and live with him. He wants to adopt you. Make you a son. Would
0: you like that? No. Donnie. Don't you want to live with Joe and me? Work on the boat every day. Be my partner?
13: No. But why? Well, well, I got reasons.
9: Excuse me, George. It's okay if I talk. Mm, go ahead. Donnie, you come to live with Hart and Joe. And Joe, he know buy farm. He no raise minks. He stay with you. Every day we fish. Okay,
1: Donnie? No. Donnie, come here. Don't you like Hard anymore? Yes. Yeah. Then why don't you want to go and live with him and be on his boat again?
13: Because I went to reform school, that's why. Because I stole a camera.
0: But Donnie, I know that. I found out what happened.
13: You, you did? Sure. And you didn't care? Of
0: course not.
13: But I did it when you told me never to hide.
0: I know, Donnie. You made a mistake. But you paid for it. We all make mistakes sometimes important thing is not to make them again.
4: Oh, God.
0: Ha. Well, folks, I guess the petition's
12: granted.
9: That's off, Joe. Okay, where are we heading? Home, of course.
0: Well, Donnie, there's the wheel. Take us home.
9: Yes, sir. Miss Freeman, I mean, uh, ain't we got one too many passengers? You better get used to it, Joe. I'm joining the crew. <laughs>
13: <laughs> Santa Maria,
0: alas! Santa Maria, you're not kidding.
13: Hey, cast off the steering line, Joe. Okay, skipper, okay.
15: Here's Mr. Keeley
0: with our stars.
15: It's curtain call time, and here are tonight's stars Dana Andrews, Donna Reed, and Ann Revere. Congratulations, Mr. Wall, on a fine performance. Thank you very much.
7: You know, Bill, Dana is a perfect example of typecasting when he plays a seagoing man. Yes, I've heard
15: that he has salt water in his veins.
0: Well, everyone in my house certainly loves the water. We seem to spend every spare moment on the boat.
1: What sort of a boat do you have, Dana?
0: A sailboat, a catch, the Valihi. Oh, she's a lovely thing. Like a beautiful woman. And seaworthy. With <laughs> some women are not. <laughs> <laughs> How large a craft is she, Dana? Uh, this is eighty feet. Sleeps eighteen, so when my four children get aboard, that's about the right size.
1: Exactly what is a catch?
0: Well, it's a fore and aft rigged craft with a large mainmast and a smaller mast aft, but forward to the rudder post, of course.
7: Mm. Oh well, now we know. Have you got a good (laughs) galley aboard?
0: Wonderful. (laughs) Compact, efficient. Cooks wonderful, child.
7: Then I'll give you some advice. When you're washing dishes in the galley, you'll never get rough, red hands if you use Lux
15: Flakes. I know, I know. (laughs) I was just wondering, Bill, if you could. uh... Yes, your Lux Flakes are in the wings, Dana. (laughs) Ready to go to sea. And Donnie, you should find Lux Flakes very useful, too, with a new baby at your house. How old is he now?
7: Timothy is two months old and very smart for his age.
15: Well, now, you sound like a very proud mother. Well,
7: naturally, Bill. Now, what about next week's show?
15: Well, it's one of the really great motion picture dramas of recent years. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer success, Green Dolphin Street. We'll have the two original stars of the picture. That's Lana Turner and Van Heflin. And with them, a third star, Peter Lawford. Oh! Green Dolphin Street was a best-selling novel and a thrilling motion picture. So, with such stars as Lana Turner, Van Heflin, and Peter Lawford, we have an attraction you'll all enjoy next Monday night.
0: You can't miss with that one, Bill.
15: Good night. Good night, and thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, an emergency has arisen in the treatment of infantile paralysis. The nationwide epidemic has wiped out the March of Dimes Fund. And in another two weeks, care will have to stop. Please don't let this happen. $150,000 every day is being spent for the care and treatment of patients. $14,500,000 are needed at once. Send the biggest contribution you can afford to polio in care of your local post office. Remember this is an emergency So please send your contribution now to Polio in care of your local post office. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Lana Turner, Van Heflin, and Peter Lawford in Green Dolphin Street. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Dana
0: Andrews appeared through the courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn, producer of Rosanna McCoy. Donald Reed will soon be seen in the Paramount picture, Chicago Deadline. Heard in tonight's cast were Jeffrey Silver as Donnie and Shepard Mencken as Joe. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Louis Silvers. This is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear Green Dolphin Street, starring Lana Turner, Van Heflin, and Peter Lawford. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
2: Donna and Dana. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Donna Reed, whose 100th birthday would have been this coming Wednesday... And Dana Andrews, starring in the Lux Radio Theater version of Deep Waters. It brings us almost to the end of the big broadcast tonight. We want to acknowledge another star's birthday, one that occurred ten days ago. On January seventeenth, 1927, Ertha May Keith was born in a place called North South Carolina. Really. She went on to international fame as Eartha Kitt, and one of her first radio hits came in 1953 with a French-language tune written by André Henrez and Henri Betty, later with an English lyric by Jerry Seelen, Recorded for RCA Victor Records, here is Eartha Kitt, who passed away in 2008 with Henry René's orchestra and C'est si bon. For co-producer Jill Harold Bailey and audio engineer Douglas Bell, this is Murray Horwitz. Thanks for listening, have a great week, and please join us here next Sunday. Good night, everybody.
14: C'est si bon De partie n'importe où Bras dessus, bras dessous En chantant des chansons, c'est si bon De se dire des mots doux, de petit rien dit-tu Mais qui ont disent en langue En voyant notre mineur ravie Les passants dans la rue nous envient C'est si bon, de guetter dans ses yeux une merveilleuse qui donnait la frisson. C'est si bon, cette petite sensation, ça vaut mieux que million. C'est tellement, tellement bon. C'est bon. C'est bon. Mmh, c'est bon. C'est bon, c'est bon. Voilà. C'est bon. C'est, bon, c'est bon. Les passants dans la rue. C'est bon, c'est bon. Bras dessus, bras dessous. Bon, bon. En chantant des chansons. Quel espoir me veut. C'est bon. Je cherche un millionnaire c'est bon, c'est bon. avec des c'est bon, c'est bon. grands Cadillac car Des bijoux jusqu'au cou, tu sais. Mmh, c'est bon, ces petites sensations. Peut-être quelqu'un avec un petit yacht, non? Ah, oh, c'est bon, c'est bon, je bon. C'est bon. Vous savez bien que j'attendrai quelqu'un qui pourrait m'apporter beaucoup de loot. C'est
4: bon,
14: c'est bon. Ce soir. C'est bon,
4: c'est
14: bon. Demain. C'est bon, c'est bon. La semaine prochaine.
4: C'est
14: bon, c'est bon. N'importe quand. C'est bon. C'est bon. Il sera très crazy no oh, oh, oh. voilà c'était